Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Consider for a second the unfairness of it all. Here we are, about to have our sixth Democratic presidential debate. If you're one of the 12 candidates up on that stage tonight, this, it was supposed to be your time this was supposed to be a fall focused on 2020 Democrats. Amy Walter talks politics on WNYC's The Takeaway. She's also the national editor at the Cook Political Report. She says in a presidential election year, this season usually has a rhythm to it. Debate in October. <laughs> <laughs> the third quarter FEC reports coming out in October. Debate in November. The field theoretically winnowing. The more debates, the higher the um, threshold to get onto the debate stage. It sounds like you had a really nice little calendar laid out. I did. I knew exactly what was going to happen. And then it didn't. Yeah. And then this impeachment thing happened. If you want to get just how much the political landscape has shifted for these candidates... Just go back and watch the last Democratic debate. No one mentions Ukraine. No one talks about federal elections violations. Yeah, nothing's changed, but everything's changed. Today on the show, will impeachment overshadow the Democratic debate? Donald Trump was already dictating the terms of the 2020 election. Now, Nancy Pelosi's inquiry has the Democratic candidates stuck in neutral. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next?, Stick with us. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's sort of funny how impeachment has changed just about everything about the 2020 presidential race. And simultaneously, nothing at all. For someone who lives and breathes politics, like Amy Walter, this contest, it's always been about one thing, electability. And that's what this race is still about, even now. I think at its core, what it means is who can get through the noise that is thrown up all around the president at all times and the chaos. And impeachment has made this chaos louder and more distracting. So tonight, when the Democratic candidates step on stage, they've got one goal, cut through the noise. Right. And who can break through that noise with a message that's compelling, with a message that connects? Because that's also the only thing that's going to break through, adding to the noise by saying, 
Trump's so terrible. Trump's this. I told you X, Y, Z was true. It simply is just more cacophony for a lot of voters. But this background hum we're all getting used to, the constant whir of Washington anxiety and outrage, Amy says for at least one of these presidential candidates, it's had an unexpected upside. Yeah, I think that what impeachment, at least at this moment, has done is sort of freeze the field. And in that sense, it's been good for somebody like Elizabeth Warren, who is at her peak right now. It's almost like freezing fall right when the leaves perfectly change, right? So you've like frozen it at peak leaf time. (laughs) And she, over the summer, right, proved that she could move in the polls. She was raising a lot of money. And what October, November, December were going to be about, theoretically, was putting Elizabeth Warren under the microscope. She's now the co-frontrunner. She now is the person who's on the move. And so that person inevitably will get the scrutiny of the media and will get scrutiny from the other candidates and will be a target during the debates. But now all of the attention has been sucked away from the 2020 Democrats and focused on what's happening in Washington with impeachment. And she is able to then keep being her Elizabeth Warren self. And there is not the sort of downsides that theoretically could have come in October. And part of what's interesting to me is that her co-frontrunner, as you put it, Joe Biden, he's pretty involved in these impeachment conversations because, of course, the president was asking Ukraine and even China to investigate the Biden family. But you see him frozen, too, where it's not that his poll numbers are plummeting. He's just steady. It's almost like Wiley E. Coyote, where he's kind of like he hasn't moved anywhere yet. He's in a suspended animation and then but he's off the cliff and then he's going to drop. Right. But if it's not changing now, when? Exactly. So that's the question is, does it change? Or, I mean, the theory for Biden from his campaign early on in this process was, well, this actually can help us because it shows that Donald Trump was so worried about me that they were willing to go to all these links, these illegal links, to go and dig up dirt on me. But instead of spending this month and next month, if you're Joe Biden, focusing on making that contrast with Elizabeth Warren, making the case for yourself about why you're the most suited for this job, looking stronger on the debate stage, now you're spending a lot of your time defending your role as vice president and your family. And that is not where we thought we would be. It's not that people didn't think that Joe Biden would be struggling. I think the challenge for Joe Biden at the very beginning is similar to what it is now, which is how durable is he? Can he really go the distance? I don't think anybody thought it would be his family and Hunter Biden that would be the centerpiece of that question. Yeah, because the durability, I mean, you see it in the previous debates, if you just want to talk about um, performance, where you can see with Joe Biden a struggle 
to sort of keep control over the narrative. And I feel like that's where we were all focused before. But now we're looking at something else. That's exactly right. I think the concern at the beginning was Joe Biden has to run a marathon here. And at 76 years old and with the amount of political baggage he has to carry an answer for, can he really make a marathon? Well, now it's okay. Now he still has to run this marathon and he's carrying this baggage. And the one issue that was supposed to be his calling card, the I'm the only one who can beat Donald Trump. I understand how to win in these battleground states because look at the polls, look at how how well suited I am for places like this. If that starts to be called into question, then the rationale for his entire candidacy goes away. If this election is a referendum on Donald Trump, then yeah, pretty much anybody can win. If the election is a choice, which the Trump campaign is absolutely going to make that the case, and they have the money and the capacity to do that, then how risky each Democrat is becomes much more important, right? And we know what the attacks on Elizabeth Warren are going to be. We know what the attacks on Bernie Sanders are going to be. And we know for Joe Biden now, it won't simply be, what does Trump call him, sleepy? (laughs) and (laughs) Sleepy um, Joe, yeah. Sleepy Joe, but it's corrupt Joe, Mm. right? And for Democrats who know that one of the, the cleanest attacks on Trump is on this issue of corruption. The Biden story kind of muddles that message. So going into this debate, there's actually a lot of stuff happening that probably would be very big news if impeachment wasn't sort of clogging up the works, like Bernie Sanders having a heart attack. And we hadn't really been talking so much about Bernie Sanders' age before this. But, you know, I wonder how that's going to play into this debate. Right. And that nobody can bring these things up, right? I mean, is somebody in a debate going to say, do we really want a 70-plus-year-old to be our nominee when at any moment one of them can have a significant health issue? I I don't think that's going to be raised. It's subtext, certainly. It's sitting out there. Look, I think the challenge for Sanders and for Biden for a long time, pre any health issues that became public, as this heart attack did, was this concern that they are just too old for the presidency. And while Elizabeth Warren isn't that much younger, she's still 70 years old, the way she acts and her sort of overall demeanor suggests she's a lot younger than that. So I do think it has an impact not just on Sanders, but also on Biden. If the whole question is, we want to take the least risky path to the presidency, find the candidate who is least likely to lose. If you if you really look at this field, it's hard to find a candidate, especially the candidates that are polling very high right now, who fits that comfortably. So Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren, they've got this co-frontrunner status. And they've made it pretty clear what kind of administrations they would run. For Biden, it's a restoration of American norms. Or more cynically, a throwback to the time before. 
And he's made it very clear that the reason he's running for president is essentially to have a third Barack Obama term. If you liked what you had during the Obama years, well, guess what? You're going to get that back. And yeah, and I'll do stuff too. I'm not just going to like freeze us completely in place, but I'm basically going to be a third Obama term. Elizabeth Warren is also very clear. It's not okay to just sort of say, let's bring back, let's get the band back together and maybe, you know, put out a couple new releases. We got to blow up the entire system. And unless we do that, unless we make big structural fundamental change, nothing's ever going to get better. So it's a pretty clear, I think for voters, they have a pretty clear difference in front of them. Like the choices are really distinct. But tonight, it's not going to be just Biden and Warren on the debate stage. There are going to be 10 other candidates up there, each of them hoping that in this reality show, you're going to be the one to give them a rose. So what have we seen? We've seen Julian Castro go after Biden to distinguish himself. We've seen Kamala Harris take on Biden's congressional record. We've seen Amy Klobuchar tisk-tisk her fellow candidates for being argumentative with one another. When Amy Walter sees this, the real question for her is whether any of these lower-tier candidates break through, have a moment, claim that mantle they're all reaching for, electable. There's one candidate who has been pretty explicit in these last few weeks about making a case for why he is not just better than one candidate or the other, right? I'm going to go after Joe Biden because he's a front runner, or I'm going to go after Elizabeth Warren because she's not progressive enough or whatever. I think what Pete Buttigieg is doing right now, his message is, look, there are a lot of you who look at Joe Biden and think he's old. He's been around too long. He's kind of like stuck in the past. And you want somebody who's younger and who is like, you know, next generation. But you also look at Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders and think they're moving the party too far to the left. Well, I'm your bridge candidate. I, I'm progressive, but I'm not way off the charts. Come give me a look. Hmm. Right. Because you're going to go through this process and you're going to keep you're going to keep watching Joe Biden and thinking, I don't know, can he really do this? I don't know. It's you're going to look at Warren and think, can she really win Pennsylvania saying that she wants to ban fracking or she wants Medicare for all and we don't have any choice about keeping our private insurance? I'll be curious to see that, how well he articulates that in the debate. Is the debate where people make those decisions? Yeah, I think you're right that these debates thus far have not benefited any of the lower tier candidates, except for that one bump that Kamala, Kamala Harris, Harris got very early. Right. Other than that, they've sort of just cemented this, the status. Nobody's really been able to move very much. So right now, I think if you're one of those lower candidates, your job is to say, Keep your mind open, okay? Yes, these same three people have been top of the polls this whole time. They're the best-known candidates. It's easier for them to get press. You, as voters, think you know them because you've seen them on your TV for all these years. That totally makes sense. But I also know that a lot of you out there are hesitant about really ultimately casting a vote for one of these three, right? There are questions that you have. So 
keep your mind open. Keep a light on for us. That may be a way to say (laughs) Amy, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Amy Walter is the national editor of the Cook Political Report. She's also the Friday host of The Takeaway. All right, that's the show. What Next is produced by Mary Wilson, Jason DeLeon, Daniel Hewitt, and Mara Silvers. As you watch the debate, tweet at me. Give me your takes. I'm at Mary's desk. Thanks for listening. I'm Mary Harris. I will talk to you tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.